Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. All right, and here we are in the overtime session. This is the the overtime for our relocating episode. We just announced that we are moving from Missoula, Montana to Los Angeles, California. So if you haven't listened to the episode in our normal feed, then uh, go listen to that first. And then we've got some overtime questions here. And uh, let's see, where, where do we? This is this is by the way, this is Patreon exclusive. So this is a private podcast only for our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for being a supporter. Yeah. Teresa asks... Wait, maybe we should introduce ourselves first. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm Ryan Nicodemus. And I'm Joshua Fields Milburn, and together we are the Minimalists. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's Joshua. That's Ryan. And uh, Teresa asks, continuity of care seems to be a big, de- big deal these days because it ties in with most people's health insurance or lack thereof. How do you find a reputable doctor, dentist, pharmacist, etc.? This is something that I think about that scares me most about moving. Well, I can just tell you that what I did when I moved out to Missoula is the best way to find these people is not to need them right away. Yeah, Obviously, you need a doctor immediately if you have an emergency. <clears throat> Ella just went to the emergency room the other night because she had to get stitches in her head. Right. She needed that person immediately. We didn't care which doctor stitched up her head. She needed a doctor at some point, right? And so before you get to the emergency is the ideal time to find someone. So I found a good doctor in uh, Missoula after being here for about a year uh, based on a recommendation from you. Uh, I found the chiropractor that I was using uh, based on a recommendation from, um, uh, they have these lists in the, the local paper, the, the top. The chi- best of. The best of, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they give you like the top three. And he was there and, and so there, were, there was one other one I tried first actually. I didn't like him and so I moved on. I was willing to cut my ties, cut my losses and, and find someone I did like that really helped me out with my back at the time. Uh, and it wasn't because of all the cracking and stuff he did. He did a lot of muscle manipulation that really helped just temporarily relieve pain as I was awesome. healing my back. Uh, what are the other things I found? Uh, massage therapists I, I found because of Yelp or Google reviews. Yeah. And, and I find you know, quite often we lean on friends or family, but that's an anecdotal experience. If you go to a place that has a, the access to a lot of reviews, you get the aggregate of the community saying this person is good or bad or whatever. And you could get to rely on those reviews of, of some people you don't know necessarily mm. and that you may not trust a person you don't know as much as the person you do know but if a thousand people rate someone then it becomes just statistically accurate at some point and so i i often rely on the local reviews especially when it comes to places like restaurants or, or things like that what about you ryan uh, uh dentists other things uh, um I, yeah i would just echo what you said i i uh, definitely yelp google there are like the way I found uh, our uh, the the physician that I use that I recommended to you is I forget what the website was. Um, there are so many websites out there though that will recommend or have reviews on doctors only. Mm. And he's the, the best doctor I've ever had, by the way. Yeah, he's he's Me- great. Me- mm. best medical doctor I've ever had. And he um, well, and the certain website I went. The reason why I'm not really concerned about the name of the website is because. I went to so many of these Mm -hmm. and it was hard to find reviews for doctors in Missoula. But then I finally found one that had like a list of all these reviews. So long story short, um, yeah, do your research, look for reviews. The tools are there. You just got to do a little bit of digging. 
Um, but yeah, man, I, I, uh, I can't tell you how many times I have found like a dentist or a doctor or a yeah, massage therapist off of, um, just reading a lot of reviews from, from people. And he might be, he might have great reviews. He might show up and it just might not click for some reason. You may not build rapport with okay. this person. Walk yeah. away from it. If you don't feel good about it, I'll tell you the one thing I wish I would have done a long time ago. I had a, a terrible doctor in, in Ohio. I had him since I was a little kid and had him all the way up until I left Ohio. Garbage. And, and I didn't realize that because I didn't try something else out. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, he had prescribed, when I first got multiple chemical sensitivities, he prescribed me an inhaler, told me I had uh, uh, asthma. And I'm like, okay, you know best. No, he didn't know best. No. You, and that's, that's the other lesson to learn here. Uh, take it, the control into your own hands. And, and if, you, if you find someone that doesn't click with you on whatever level, even if they are a good doctor, dentist, restaurant, whatever, it may not be for you, and that's okay. Find find the thing that is for you. Yeah, if someone's diagnosing you with asthma <laughs> in yeah. your in your adulthood, like I would say, go get a second opinion. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it possible? Sure. sure. Likely, no. no. Jonathan says, "What is the one thing that you believe it believe is the hardest to find once you move to a new city? Not an item per se, but." but rather something in the community. What's the hardest thing to find? Oh my goodness. Uh, what about here? Like in Missoula? What, what, this is our last podcast in Missoula. Yeah. Dude, I don't even, I don't even know how to answer that because like I can find, okay, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll say, um, a good community. I agree with that. And, but here's the thing is I can easily find that though. Um, with, in Missoula, it was, you know, I, I was in that play Mm-hmm. And I met, like, I was. We were living in Missoula for less than a month, and I got, you know, asked to be in this play. And I met, you and you'd never been in a play in your life. Yeah. So I met two people, three people there who are like still really good friends of mine. They don't live in Missoula anymore, but they're still really good friends of mine. But through those two or three people, I've met an entire other community. So mm-hmm. when we go out to LA, um, you know, I will probably do some type of improv, or I will you know, go to a, a community theater and see if I can help. Even if it's not being in the play, I could still, you know, be a stagehand or something. Right. So, so for me, it's about, it, it, that is probably the hardest thing to find because, you know, when you're trying to find people to invest your time in, like you want to make sure that the values and beliefs match up and you can't just get that from one conversation. It usually takes, you know, a little bit of effort, um, but it's totally possible and it's easy for me. So, so that's the hardest thing, but it's still easy. It's easy for you. And that's a lot harder for me because I'm an introvert. I don't like going out to places where there are people, uh, uh, and where I have to interact with, I like ambient people. Like I love going to coffee shops or libraries or places that where there are people around. I'm not just stuck in a room by myself, like Howard Hughes. I, I prefer, that was Howard Hughes, right? I think so. The one that was pissing in mayonnaise jars. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> keep, just keep going <laughs> it, it was Howard Hughes but for some reason I had someone else on my are you <laughs> yeah and so uh, I like ambient people I don't like uh, having to interact with them although I will often force myself to because I know it's good for me right it's that discomfort that, that discomfort zone. here's what I'll say though sometimes you find what you're not looking for amen and I, I, I found love of my life in Missoula, Montana. Never would have expected that. Can you imagine if five years ago we would have went to each other right before we moved out here and said, uh, you're going to, before we even, let's say five and a half years ago, before we even heard of Montana, yeah. uh, we, I mean, obviously heard of it, but never even crossed our minds. Um, if, if someone came to us and said, you know, six years from now, or within the next few years, you're both going to find the loves of your life lives in Missoula, Montana. Yeah. I would be like, why? Like, that doesn't make any sense. But 
I wasn't looking for that either. I wasn't right. trying to find that person. I was, in fact, I was trying to leave here at one point when I found her. And so it was a beautiful accident. And so sometimes you'll find what you're not looking for. I know that's not the, the answer to your question, Jonathan, but sometimes you don't have to look and you'll f still find something beautiful. Natasha says, what were the criteria to decide which new city to move to? How did you choose your new houses? So uh, we could talk about that. Criteria. Yeah, um, I guess I'll, I'll take this second because it's easy for me the, uh, about the house. So Mariah and I have a, a ton of family between the two of us, a ton of friends between the two of us. And um, getting to L.A. is, is quite affordable. So um, I know we're going to have a ton of guests. We went out of our way to get a two-bedroom place. It's technically still a loft mm. place. It's just got like a big enough, I guess, areas where you could put a couple beds. <laughs> no, it's, it's two bedrooms for sure. There's, yeah. there's a loft area there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but anyway, no, I'm, I'm I'm just being funny. But no, it's like I know that we're gonna have a ton of guests. Um, oh, and I want to limit my guests. Because I'll tell you, when I, I've had six people staying with us at, at a certain point, uh -huh. that's too many. Yeah. So like now I have a, you know, like we have a two bedroom place, um, and, and we've got a couple couches at max. Like, but you know, we're willing to host like three, maybe four people tops, but six is like definitely way too many. Yeah, Bex and I, are, we host about four people per decade. <laughs> yes. And uh, no, I mean the the thing that was important to me was. Uh, a, I mean, I'm still vetting the place I'm, I'm going to. So I have two month lease to make sure I don't have multiple chemical sensitivities while I'm there. I'm not, I can't be allergic to the place that I'm living in. I've had that issue um, five times in the last seven, uh, nine years. Um, and uh, it's miserable. And so thankfully I found a place that was willing to let me do a short term two month lease to test yeah. it out. That was important to me. Um, uh, having a, a room for Ella is important to me. Having a really simple place is that's aesthetically pleasing uh, is uh, important to me. Important to Bex was having uh, an outdoor space. Mm -hmm. And so uh, talking about what's important to both of us and finding that overlap. And here's the other thing that's important to me. Can I afford it? And yeah, that's kind of the biggest one for me, man, because I could live in any city and we put me in any city. I might be, you know, it might suck because I can't get to a snowboarding hill uh, maybe it has a lot of humidity. Maybe a lot of people there, you know, don't have my values and beliefs. But like, no matter what city I'm in, I'm going to be able to find at least one or two people I can hang out with. Yeah. I, but I think like, can I afford it? Like, that's what it comes down to. Like, am I going to, because at the end of the day, I have a long list of stuff I want. I want nice weather. I do want to have access to snowboarding. I do want to have, um, you know, walking distance to to uh, go get something to eat or go to a grocery store. Like there is this long list of stuff, but I don't have to have every single thing on that list in order right. to move to that city. Right. Yeah. I agree. And the nice thing is you're getting most of the things on that list in, in L.A. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. It, but but it, it does go back to the like we are lucky enough to be able to afford to be able to go out to LA. Yeah. And but I got to tell you, we have very few bills. Right. Ex yeah. Having no debt helps out a ton. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, I, like I always say, my biggest secret is I spend less money than what I make. Right. And like that, <laughs> that allows me to save up some money. Um, but yeah, I, I, th I think that I don't think I know that if we were talking about moving out to LA and I'm looking at my budget and I'm like, wait a minute, like this is really going to take away from what I'm trying to do with my life. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I think, I think it's important, Ryan, is what you, what you said there is like, you know, whether it was 
uh, Saskatoon or Jackson, Mississippi, you you could go to those cities and make and, it work and, and live a meaningful life. Absolutely, man. What what the biggest criteria for me was where where am I going to thrive the most? The most. And for me right now, not maybe not in perpetuity, but right now, mm-hmm. that place is going to be Los Angeles. Yeah. The, the, having the, the weather, having access to the people we'd like access to, uh, the creative endeavors, the, uh, be able to create a meaningful creations with, uh, with this podcast and the film studio we're, we're putting together. Those are all things that are really important to us. And, uh, and, and that is my criteria criteria. The other thing that's important to me is access uh, instead of ownership. So having access to the amenities, like be able to go to Russian bathhouses or physical therapists or, or, or places I, that, that I need access to. I do, I have to get a lot of blood work and it's really hard in Missoula, Montana to get the blood work that I need done. And so that's something else that has been, um, uh, the, the, uh, quite often we're traveling and I have to wait till I'm on the road to get the blood work I need. I won't have to do that in, in, uh, in Los Angeles. Mike says, will, will you have a pre-move yard sale? This cracks me up too, because A, I don't really have anything to sell. And B, you don't have a yard. And B, I don't have a yard. No. Uh, and B, like anything that I get rid of, I just donate, man. Cause like, it's not, I, I don't know, man. If I, if I had something that I was getting rid of, yeah. and I could sell it for hundred bucks on Craigslist. You better believe I'm putting it on Craigslist. I'm gonna make a hundred bucks. Yeah. But like, I'm trying to think of the most expensive thing I've given away so far. Uh, uh, I can't even remember like what was in our, every. Usually, the stuff in my donation box is clothes and you know of some sort. But um, my point is, is that unless I'm gonna make a hundred bucks from it or maybe fifty bucks from it, like yeah. I'm, I would rather just give it away. Let someone else have. Uh, find some value in that item, have them use it. Um, if I'm not selling it for a hundred bucks, chances are they're going to get it a lot cheaper. I feel much better about, you know, someone else getting value out of it and using it, who needs it than than me trying to nickel and dime every single little thing that I need to get rid of. There has been a week long yard sale going on across the street from either the hoarder's house. Oh wow. They, they sold the house and now they're like, they sold the house, man. It has been a parking lot outside for the last week and wow. it's still full i mean the windows still have stuff i mean wow. th- they've been selling stuff and it's brought out the worst sort of vultures hmm. uh i say that as a metaphor right because vultures just scavenge right right like people like walking out with boxes of hubcaps and 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 stuff and i'm like just wondering and i'm obviously projecting my own worldview onto that but, like what the hell would i do with a box of hubcaps and hmm. maybe someone will turn into some beautiful art project or just at least an art project, um, but but I don't know. Like people have just been pouring out of there, I mean, you're parking on my lawn, and I mean it's just been absurd, man. Um, uh, uh, but no, I don't want to have a yard sale. But I do. I have a threshold, and it tends to be fifty dollars for me. Yeah. Uh, when I was getting out of debt, it was twenty dollars. If I can get twenty oh, yeah. bucks for this thing, I'm going to put it up on eBay or Craigslist. Right. Uh, so Craigslist, we we did Craigslist yesterday. Sold a bunch of. Yeah, uh, furniture we weren't going to bring with us or bring to the new smaller apartment that we have in Missoula. And and so um, we got rid of it. We're not going to hold on to it. We're not going to put it in storage, mm-hmm. wait for it one day. It took an hour and Beck sold like three things on Craigslist, like almost immediately. Wow. And and so point being, you price it right. And you especially right now is the right time of year for us. Like college kids are all getting back. And so they're like, oh, crap, a standing desk for a hundred bucks. Okay. 
I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, and so, and they just come pick it up and, and it was already gone. And so they move it for you. There's also a, a place called donation warehouse here that picks up stuff, which is really helpful. A lot of cities have places like that, that, uh, and they use the funds as a, as a nonprofit. Yeah. Jesse says, what will you miss most about Montana? Hmm. Um, I j- my friends here, man, I got it. I have, I met a lot. I have met, I have a lot of friends in my life now who I've met in Missoula. Um, some of them don't live in Missoula anymore. Um, but they like live up in whitefish. Uh, Mariah has a bunch of family here that I'll miss. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's going to be the, it's going to be the people. But the thing is, is like LA is full of great people too, man. Right. So, I mean, it's, it, I, there's not going to be a lack of good people, but I will miss, um, hanging out with, with a lot of the folks that I've built relationships with over the last five years. Yeah. I, what about you? Uh, for me, Montana has been a place that at one point spurred creativity for me. Um, and it doesn't still spur that same creativity anymore. And so, I mean, I can honestly say now we have two seasons here. We have winter and fire season. <laughs> there isn't much I'm going to miss, man. And uh, five on black, maybe. That, that's, that's, <laughs> we'll talk them into. Uh, today's my last day in Missoula, like full time. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I got to eat five on black one more time before, <laughs> before. <laughs> we'll talk them into putting a, a, a chain, out, or not a chain, but a franchise out there in, in LA. Uh, they so good. <laughs> They yeah, should do. I'll it, be man. their number one supporter. No doubt. Yeah, so uh, I'll miss five on black. How's that? Yeah. Uh, some other good restaurants. Uh, Zoo Town Brew is a great coffee shop here. There's um, Cafe Dolce. Uh, I have a handful of friends here, but I'll st- still get to see them. Uh, Nate and Rochelle. They're going to come out to Los Angeles occasionally, and of course Bex. Uh, although uh, uh, Bex has her friends here as well, but not. She doesn't have very many friends out here either. Like we're both. Yeah, we have a very small circle of close friends, mm. and you usually count them on one hand. And so, uh, I feel like I have more friends in Los Angeles than I do in in Missoula. And uh, and so, yeah, I'm I'm not going to miss a whole lot. But but here's the thing: I'm open to missing something. Sure. I, there may be a time where I'm like, oh, you know, that I really remember this great memory. Like, it's 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 not about like running away from this place. It's about it's time for me to graduate. It's time for for uh, for us to move on to that next adventure. Yeah. And Michelle says, how long did it take for you to pack up all your stuff? Well, I haven't packed up all my stuff yet. I'm doing it today. It's, it, it will take, if it takes us more than three hours, I'd be shocked. Yeah, I thank goodness for, for Bex. Cause I'm so neurotic and, and detail-oriented. Like, it's hard for, it takes me a long time to pack up. Like, yeah. uh, we were just out in California shooting some stuff for the Malcolm Fontier bag, the, the packedbags.com thing that we're putting together, P-A-K-T right? Packed, P-A-K-T, bags.com. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're, we're putting out that bag and um, uh, we were shooting. Like, I had to keep unpacking and repacking the bag. And in real life, like it, it takes me forever to pack a bag because I'm so slow. I'm a freaking turtle, man. Like I just moved this one shirt here. I'm, it, so it takes me a long time. But Bex, yesterday, we just we went and got some boxes and we don't have a lot of stuff. But I made some piles and most of the stuff that I'm no, I'm not going to use. I'm donating like books and, and I had a pile of clothes and and the sex swing that I already talked about. Um, (laughs) Shame. (laughs) Shame. (laughs) Sorry. It's a game of Thrones reference. (laughs) I get it. Um, anyway, uh, so so I, 
I don't know. If it weren't for Bex, it would probably take me two days just because I would neurose over every... Pa- <laughs> neurose over, every single thing. I'm, I'm individually wrapping paper clips. If it wasn't for glassware, man, we could do it in like less than an hour. But the, like mm. wrapping up cups and stuff. Yeah. And like making sure that like that stuff makes the move without without shattering like that's what takes the time yeah so probably two or three hours is the on the honest answer yeah. uh, but that that's because bex is there you know, coaching me along and uh she's she's just good at discerning the big picture stuff way way better than i am we're both intjs but she is a high in and uh i'm a low in so I'm more detail oriented. Anyway, um, one last question: Weightlifting with the minimalist. We we had a continuation from from the last episode here. What is weighing you down? Uh, Paul says uh, my photography printer. It it um, used to I used to use it every day, but now it's just collecting dust. And so I, I wrote that essay, which I've tried to read on the last episode, but it didn't work out, so we didn't use it. So I'll just, this is a great segue. This is a great way to end it, probably. So the eclipse just happened, Ryan. Where were you during totality? <laughs> totality, man. It was awesome. <laughs> no, dude, it, it really was cool, man. It was uh, truly awesome, truly awe-inspiring. Um, mm. Being able to like um, look directly at the sun when it was in full totality without the sunglasses, like it was... It made me feel really small because you went t- out to Idaho. You you didn't have to have. The, that's why you didn't have to have the sunglasses. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like as long as it's a hundred percent, like you can you can look at it. But as soon like it, it was totality for like two minutes and fifteen seconds. But as soon as like the moon moves just a little bit, dude, a tiny tiny bit, like yeah. you got to put the glasses back on because it's right. yeah, it, it's really bad for your eyes and it hurts. Um, but yeah, no, it was great, man. I uh, I'm glad I went. Um, it was a uh, once in a lifetime experience. But it's funny though, if I missed out on it, I would s- still feel complete. You know what? Does that make sense? <laughs> like it was a once in a lifetime. You? It was a once in a lifetime awe-inspiring event. I'm so glad I was able to take part in it. But like actually going to it and seeing it, I'm thinking about like, what if I didn't experience that? Like I would still be complete. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And so the lesson you learned is it was awe-inspiring and and. And the lesson I learned was sort of after the fact. And so I wrote an essay about it. It's called Diminishing Value. And it, you can find it out uh, over at, at theminimalists.com slash diminishing. We'll put a link to this in the show notes as well. There's a picture of me wearing a suit. And it's because I had court that day. Uh, we were working out all the... Dude, the, I literally, if I had court, I would literally walk in like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yep. wearing a black t-shirt, a black pair of shorts, and flip-flops right now. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. But um, <laughs> yeah, we, it was... We, uh, it had to do with custody. So, um, <laughs> man, if the judge said anything to me, I would just be like, dude, you obviously didn't see totality. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a picture of me in a suit. They, they took a break in the middle of court so that we could go watch the, like we went up on the roof and watched the eclipse. Um, anyway, uh, the essay is called diminishing value. And it's not just about that. It's about all of our stuff. So I think we can apply this to Paul's question as well. The essay goes like this. These eclipse glasses are worth much less than they were a week ago. So, like a gallon of milk that has gone bad, I have no problem letting them go. And there's a link there of actually a place you can donate the glasses to. I didn't have to because I borrowed someone else's. I would never purchase eclipse glasses. Um, Most material possessions, however, don't have an obvious expiration date. So we hold on to them, storing them in our drawers, Boxes, bins, closets, basements, attics, garages, storage lockers, just in case we might need them someday in a hypothetical future. But as each day passes, our hoard holds less and less worth until eventually our possessions are worth less than nothing. 
worthless because clinging is expensive. And then there's this, these three lines here, Ryan, where it goes through the whole, I think the cycle of owning a thing. It says, less worth, worth less, worthless. And to me, that, that represents the cycle for us. Like, over time, you buy something, you buy that shirt, it's worth, it, it's, it has less worth once you've removed it from the store. Eventually, it's worth less and less and less and less day by day. Same with the car that depreciates. Mm -hmm. And eventually, the thing, at some a long enough timeline, is worthless, right? Yeah. And so the lesson we learn then from our spoiled milk and our eclipse glasses is the same lesson we can apply to all of our things. The stuff that once added value to our lives may not always add value. So we must be willing to let go. And so, yeah, Paul, that printer added value once upon a time, but collecting dust is a sure sign that it has no value whatsoever. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is like, even if there's a resale value on that thing, if he sells it today, he's going to get much more than what he's going to sell it for tomorrow or the day after that or the day after that. Yes, because it's going to be worth less and less and right. less. Right, so you can sell it now while it's worth less, or you can hang on to it until it's completely worthless. Yes. And, uh, and, and, and regret that is the, the money you gave up that you could have made from selling it. Even he'll never get the money out of it. He'll never get the money no. out of it that he paid for it. But he'll, he'll get rid of the worry. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, if it's weighing you down, let it go, Paul. It's just stuff. It's not adding value, but it could add value to someone else's life. All right. I think we got to hop out of here, Ryan. We got a full day. I got to pack. I got We got speech practice for the tour. We'll see you all on the road. Less is now.com. And, uh, man, we got like 22 more cities to go. We added another Brooklyn stop. We added uh, Dayton, Ohio, hometown, and a bunch of other places there as well. I've got gymnastics tonight with Ella. I'm not doing any gymnastics. <laughs> and um, what else? I think that's it, man. I'm going to eat it. five on black one more time. <laughs> that's right. All right, man, have fun packing. Yeah, thanks, man. If y'all leave here with one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have You gotta reach for and you gotta grab Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it So tear your eyes away Or tear